All right. Hello, and welcome to the Bootstrapped Experience podcast, where me and Bjorn talk about our bootstrapped SaaS businesses. So what have you been up to, Bjorn? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time in Figma, which I'm enjoying more and more, to be honest. Nice. Yeah, but both doing like marketing images and app store images and stuff, but also doing like uh, empty state images and also working on requirements. So designing them using Polaris in Figma. But it's been a lot of fun because, you know, I haven't, how would you say, I've always found like Sketch and Photoshop and stuff clunky. I sort of get by really basic stuff, but Figma, it sort of fits with what I'm trying to do. And I've found, you know, starting to use masks and all kinds of stuff. So it's fun. Wow. Nice. You know, I actually just looked at Figma for the first time in a long time this week. And I saw that Shopify in their Polaris components also has this thing that sort of teaches you how to use Figma. And I guess they give it to their designers. And it's like super useful if you're not too comfortable with Figma and you want to use Polaris. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to have a look at that. I haven't seen it. I downloaded it a while ago and then obviously I've sort of taken out, how would you say, built some components out of their components and then sort of copied them. So maybe you should grab a a newer copy. It doesn't have to be pixel perfect for what I'm doing, but it's pretty close. Like I find it so much easier to sort of convey with a high fidelity rather than like really low fidelity where you end up having to write a lot of documentation to explain what it's supposed to do, right? Right. So is it something you're passing on then to someone who's going to do the final product? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they come along with the tasks. So, you know, I break everything down in Basecamp as much as I think is worth doing sort of thing. So you do like a heading for the section. So maybe, yeah, let's just say files, right? And then under files, you've got all the different tasks that you're going to go through. So you should be able to create a file, you should be able to archive a file, all this type of thing, and then adding images to each of those. So showing each of the screens that you'd go through. Showing more the happy path, but the developer is really good. So (laughs) he knows, you know, to include all the, you know, error messages and validations and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't need to be sort of explained unless it's different to what would normally be happening. Yeah, but I found it a really nice way to do it and also to get my thoughts, you know, to think through it before you sort of give it to somebody. (laughs) You know, designing the final screen makes you sort of consider, okay, well, hey, if I add this attribute, you know, how should it be displayed and how's it going to impact all the other pages I've already designed and all that type of thing. So, yeah, it's been good. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And that's that's such a nice thing about working with a developer regularly is just like, I never know because I kind of tend to work with contractors is how much to specify. And, you know, usually the answer is just any possible thing that could be specified should be. But uh, that's pretty cool. You don't necessarily have to say like, oh, there should be a validation error. This should probably be a red highlight if there's an error kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I haven't sort of asked his permission to sort of name him. (laughs) So I I won't do that, but super, how would you say, really experienced Rails developer and also knows the Shopify ecosystem and all this type of stuff. So yeah, it's so nice when you're working with somebody that sort of understands the, the problem space, but also a certain level of quality and cool features and stuff. So it's pretty cool. It's nice. I didn't realize this is a new guy. Yeah, it's been since the start of the year, I guess. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we're one person less than we were on the development before. And now I'm actually in the process of hiring. So lots going on. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you been up to? Well, a lot of life stuff going on lately, just with the move and all that. You know, all our stuff finally arrived from the United States. So kind of dealing with that. But work-wise, I guess the big thing is that I released to beta testers the Shopify app listing scraping ability for Translate CI. Ah, so now... Nice. You can just put your app page URL in there and Translate CI will take care of translating your app listing and keeping it updated in whatever languages you want. Ah, cool. Um, so nice. Cool. Yeah. You've released it in beta, did you say? 
Yeah, yeah. And I think I'm going to release it to everyone uh, probably once we're done recording here. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah excited. Yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And I'm looking for another developer now and specifically looking, if possible, to work with somebody out of Ukraine. So oh, nice. I am just had a chat with a team called Lemon.io. And yeah, I think, so I was just going to say them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I started chatting with the founder on Twitter and then sort of I got to talk with somebody from their team yesterday and just getting all the details and so that they understand what we're going for and to explain what they do and stuff. It was a really good process. But yeah, obviously, they, you know, I'm sure a lot of people in Ukraine are quite busy at the moment right. with other things. So they will see what they have in Ruby on Rails experience and they also hire people from the Baltic countries or other places. But yeah, so I wanted specifically to try and do something there being good, whereas just using Lemon.io or whether actually getting a Ukrainian developer would be really cool. But you know, trying to find somebody with a, a high level experience. And I guess Ruby on Rails developers, how to say, it's easier to maybe find a JavaScript developer because of just the sheer number of people that know that right. technology. So Ruby on Rails is a bit tougher, but uh, we'll see what comes out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good luck with all that. Yeah, uh, that's good fun. Uh, yeah. It's nice. Like the person I have at the moment is like uh, part time, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for the fact that it would be really hard for me to come up with enough requirements all the time to keep them busy full time. So I actually like the cadence of having sort of, you know, I know that for these two weeks they're on and I can be ready for questions or to review code and all that type of thing. And then having two weeks where I can just sit down and design sort of the next cycle of work. Right. Yeah, that's a perfect yeah. way to do it, I think. Yeah, exactly. And those first two weeks is where I sort of, you know, take on code for my existing apps or other design features or things like that. So yeah, I'm also looking for another part-time person is basically what I'm trying to say, because I think that cadence works well for how we're working anyway. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's the uh, Translate CI sort of, are you doing any more marketing style things for it or you put that on pause for a moment? Well, I didn't try to put it on pause, but I got so into the weeds with the app listing scraping that I kind of did neglect the marketing for the last few weeks. And now I'm trying to get back into it. So a lot of that has been, I think like over the next week, a lot of people did sort of, not a lot of people, but some people did reach out when I posted some screenshots of the app listing scraping and things like that. I'm going to try to actually like, it's not quite cold email, but because they've said something yeah, like, sure. I want this in some way, but uh, I'm going to reach out to them and, and see about getting some new folks that way. And then I just need to sort of update the website to be Shopify specific since I'm concentrating there. And as part of that, so I keep talking, I've talked on here forever about sort of getting back into the Shopify app ecosystem by purchasing an app. And for now, I feel like my desire to purchase an app is putting a delay on something that could probably really help translate CI. So I'm just building a small app and I'm kind of working on that this week. I'll be over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. But the idea is to have an app that I'm not localizing anything right now in it. And then I'm going to sort of do a screencast series where I show how to localize everything using translate CI as the tool. But I think it'll be useful even if you don't use translate CI. Then the plan is to sort of I'd like to build it up to like a couple hundred dollars MRR if possible, and then introduce, you know, French and uh, a couple different languages and just do nothing else and see what that does to the MRR and sort of do a case study on that. Yeah, definitely. be super interesting to see what type of traffic you get on those translating listing pages and stuff as well, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah, that'd be really yeah, interesting. I think it'd be good. And I'm, I'm happy to just be 100% public with all that, you know, and uh, just because yeah. it's kind of like a, just a tool really for Translate CI. So I think that'll be neat. Yeah, exactly. And I think 
you know, there's nothing better than using your own tool, but also it's great for marketing, right? Um, you can do it, you do it in two ways. One is that the app actually can do stuff. <laughs> right. Like it can have its own customers and so forth. But then you have the, the added benefit that you can use it as an example in your other Translate CI. Yeah. So I thought this was really interesting, actually. So I didn't really know what to do for a Shopify app. I haven't really been looking at apps for a while. And I stumbled across uh, Daniel Sim, which I know he worked with him on Partner Metrics. And yeah. he now does a little service where he scrapes the Shopify app store and sort of has just a big spreadsheet and airtable of every app on the app store with the reviews and sort of all these different points of information. And I started kind of yeah. browsing through there. Mm. And it's like, it's an actually, I think it's a really interesting way to sort of come up with an idea. I basically looked for categories that didn't have as much competition. And then I sort of started looking at apps in a couple of categories. I was kind of looking for something I could do relatively quickly, but also where like what's out there now kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, I was finding apps that, you know, they're definitely the number one app in the category, but they haven't been updated in years to sort of take advantage of new Shopify features and stuff like that. So I was like, well, here's something I can do quick that will probably be better than ah, yeah. sort of the leader right now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, how I look at it as well. Like the app store is kind of saturated, right? There's not many new ideas out there. So if you're going to sort of come into a space and try to be successful, you've just got to do it better. <laughs> you know, like the day of being able to launch like an MVP, I think that depends what you're going for, right? But if you're just launching like something that doesn't have all the features of the others that are there, or, or what, I think that's harder to sort of become or rank well or have success now that there is a lot more mature players in each category, right? But obviously a lot of those maybe don't have, aren't using, you know, Polaris or some style that's maybe easy to use or whatever, right? So you can improve on the, the usability of them or something like that. Yeah, what I found when I looked at the older apps is most of them, I mean, they function fine, you know, and they've obviously worked on that and kept that up to date. But yeah, they weren't using Polaris. There's a lot of just bad UX. And I think that's also an issue of a lot of these being individual developers. And I know from my own experience as an individual developer, like UX wasn't really like a skill of mine when I got into the app store. And that was something I had to learn later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's like any skill, but um, spending more and more time and getting to know Shopify apps better and better, right? Or also absolutely, knowing yeah. users, what they're trying to get done and all that type of thing. I think it all definitely adds to that you'll create better apps now than you maybe did, you know, five, 10 years ago, right? For sure. Yeah. So I think that'll be an interesting experiment. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, nice. What I forgot to mention when I was uh, talking about the hiring a new developer, and that's <laughs> you reminded me of it when you started talking about translating the app listing, is yeah. that the first task that I would uh, ask them to take on would be to make all of my existing apps multilingual. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I, you know, I was thinking because it's a task you can sort of come into a code base, and if you understand how to do it in Rails, it's quite easy to go in and convert an existing app. And it's how would you say it's an independent task that won't require too much, you know, like learning. An entire code base is, is quite daunting, right? But it's a nice way to dip right. your toe into a code base and look around and add little stuff without it being a super complicated change. You know, it's replacing all the strings with, or like hard-coded strings with translation resources instead. Yeah, I'm still, anyway, yeah, that's why I just wanted to, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> um, trying to jump out of the conversation earlier to talk about hiring, but I just forgot to mention the actual point that I was trying to get to, nice, which yeah. is, yeah, no, I'll, it's perfect because that's what I want this new developer to focus on. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to sort of get acquainted with a code base because you sort of have to go through every file like that you created for the app and at least look through it, at least skim it. You know, and that's the thing, you don't have to get too in the weeds, but you kind of get an idea of the lay of the land. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's also something that they can do, which will also be useful when we move over to using AppKit. So I'm going to start redesigning one of my apps in Figma now using the Polaris and everything, and then start the conversion process on one of the apps. And I think, so it doesn't make sense for them to come in and sort of do other types of changes because we're going to be rewriting most of it anyway, or at least, you know, copying it over and then maybe refactoring while you do that. So yeah, it feels like a good first task for somebody new anyway. Yeah, that's awesome. I will say, it's just reminded me too, talking about making or writing a new app. Like I haven't, well, I haven't written a new app in several years and I haven't been in the app store for like a year. Shopify blows me away. Like how different app development is than it was even a year ago. Like so much new stuff. I mean, that's pretty impressive, I got to say. I know sometimes we complain on here about them changing stuff, but like just, I mean, the amount of forward progress they make in their developer experience is pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I think the developer experience, Shopify has always been sort of, you know, they've set the bar pretty high, right? And I think in fairness, we mainly complain about all the changes to the Shopify app store, right? Right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 But what are you using of tools then? Are you using one of the, the libraries that's sort of provided to spin up a new app or, or you maybe haven't so got that far yet? And this is, uh, I, I've gotten a little ways into it. This is, it's not great. So I don't know Ruby on Rails. I've never used it. That's a pain. I wish I did because Shopify does not offer any like native PHP stuff or like, I think they offer like a very basic API wrapper that doesn't do much. So essentially what I end up doing is using a third party Laravel PHP package, which has its own issues. I mean, it's worked on, it's active, but it's a hobby project for some people. And so just as an example, like it didn't support non-embedded apps out of the box. Like it had to be embedded. Yeah. And the thing is like, that's like a pretty big thing. And this is still the best, most advanced package that exists for PHP and Laravel. So it's a little rough. Like I would love to see Shopify maybe do a PHP equivalent to their Rails package. But, you know, I get it. They kind of recommend Rails. That's what they use internally. So Yeah, fine. you just got to learn Rails, man. <laughs> I know. I know. I, well, that's the problem is, so like, I mean, everything moves so fast. And it's like, I've already gotten caught up a couple times of being like, oh, let me just learn this thing. I'm like, well, you know, I'm actually trying to do this quick. I'm a huge proponent yeah. of like using what you know. Absolutely. Uh, but sometimes I feel like my knowledge is more and more outdated. I will say that, so the one new thing I learned for this was inertia, which I think is kind of like Hotwire, I think you said. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice and really simple. Like I started messing with this morning and, you know, within three hours or so, I'm kind of able to just use it in my project for sort of the yeah. SPA. It's inertia that JS, right? Yes. Yeah. I've looked at that a lot and, you know, for a while was considering because it, you know, the cool part is that you can use your old sort of monolith PHP or Rails app or whatever. Right. And then it's like the glue to join it together with an SPA framework like React or Vue.js or whatever. So I was looking at that instead of, you know, obviously Shopify gives you Polaris as a React app or you can build it right. with React components and everything. So you could use that as the glue between those two. Is that what you were looking, yeah, looking to so, do with um, it or? Yeah. I'm using Vue because, again, I learned the wrong stuff. I know Vue. I don't know React. But Hulk (laughs) Apps, which is like a Shopify partner agency, they do a bunch of apps in the App Store, they released Polaris components for Vue, and they keep it updated, and it's really good. All right. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm using that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using Inertia to connect. They've got tons of apps, right? And themes. Yeah. It's crazy how big they are. Yeah. And the Polaris Vue thing is, like, fantastic. Okay. Oh, nice. I, I didn't know that they, they'd done that. 
But uh, I guess, yeah, you know, they look at the size that they would need that internally for themselves, I think, <laughs> if they prefer right, to right. do, right? Yeah. And I guess, I, you know, I would say, like, if I was going to make a real go of, like, Shopify apps as my main source of income, at this point, I feel like I would take the couple of weeks and learn React and Rails yeah. enough to do something. Yeah. And I was pretty close to sort of going, okay, I'm going to try this. And I spun up a couple of apps before I started building AppKit using uh, mm-hmm. the Rails view component sort of library. And it was just, oh, I don't know. I I got frustrated with JavaScript pretty quick. <laughs> right. So in the end, I just went, no way, I'm not doing this to myself. You know, I enjoy writing Rails much more than I do writing JavaScript. But yeah, anyway. It's, just, it's rough too, because like, I guess like my situation is I'm, I've sort of got a layer in between me and Shopify that you don't have using Rails. So like, I'm sort of relying on these hobby, I mean, well, they're, I'm, they're professional, they're great developers, but like they're, Shopify projects are essentially a hobby or a side thing from their main gig. They're not trying to be at my beck and call to update things. So like, just like an example, like the Laravel Shopify thing, it wasn't updated for the newest version of Laravel. There was a pull request there and the guy just hadn't had time to get to. So I had to go like fork it and put this pull request in. You know what I mean? Like, it's just nice yeah, to yeah, yeah. use something from Shopify that yeah. is more important to them. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's been, a, at least on the Ruby app or the Rails app that they provide, there was a long time where there was no activity at all on that. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Now they've, they've kicked up uh, development on it again and, and doing a big rewrite on the Shopify API gem and all this type of thing. So there seems to be some movement there again, which is really nice. But, you know, it depends on resources and priorities internally and all that type of thing. So I think as long as you're not building it yourself, it's, you're always going to be at somebody's mercy, I guess, to keep right, things up. Right, fair to enough. Yeah. yeah. But... I mean, if you prefer Vue, then I think it's awesome that, that somebody has it, right? Oh, it's really cool, yeah. So yeah. getting back into the App Store, I feel like there's been stuff going on lately like I should know about. What have you been seeing? I saw some some tweets from you. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at, I guess, <laughs> some people already knew it and were just like, hey, yeah, this happened like weeks ago. But since April 20th around there, there was apparently a bug, something with the search, and it lasted apparently for about a week. But yeah, I could just see in all my graphs of all my apps basically start going downwards, right? Which is, you know, okay for a, a Saturday, Sunday, and then it goes up again. But here it was just right. sort of going down for a week. And it's still pretty rough. Like, I wouldn't say it's at all back to what it used to be before that changed. So I don't know. I <laughs> I kind of subtweeted today. Put it, if, right. Yeah. So there's a tweet in my timeline, if you go have a look, uh, that sort of sums up my thoughts on what's going on in the Shopify app store. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah um, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. They just, I feel like it hell-bent on making it worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what to think or do because we obviously can't change how it works or whatever. And I think also there's just like a general less traffic going on at the moment. So any sort of changes are are more noticeable than they maybe would be a year ago. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess search is king now and and categories are all pretty much gone unless you go clicking around. They've put like apps by goal into the app store now, which I don't know. It just seems much more curated than it used to be, which can be tougher. I guess I'd be okay with that, except like the problem is like when I browse the app store now, most of the apps I'm exposed to are made by like Google and Facebook and stuff. Yeah. And like that kind of sucks. I mean, I just, I get it, but 
I don't know. Like, because they're so into small merchants and that's sort of their whole thing, it'd be cool if they highlighted maybe small developers a little more. Yeah. I mean, if you go into Apps by Goal and like click selling products, right? You get mm-hmm. Facebook channel, Google channel, point of sale, Pinterest, TikTok, AliExpress, dropshipping. And these right. are the ones that are all about the fold, right? Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. They're definitely pushing the brand names. But I mean, if everyone's installing those, then I guess it's fair, right? Yeah. So were you getting much category traffic before? Was that a, a significant source for you? It was like a year ago. Okay. I never really I... got much category traffic, as I was asking. Yeah, okay. No, I feel like or looking at the numbers and stuff, uh, once they messed with all the categories and things, that's when it started to go down. You were probably, you probably had better positioning in bigger categories than I did, I'm guessing. Yeah. I and I mean, that. you know, it's easy to complain when you were in a privileged position. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'm sure other people think it's a good change or it actually helped theirs. But as somebody that was ranked in the top three for my categories, it hasn't been good for business sort of thing. So, But yeah, otherwise, we've focused a lot and working in Figma as well. My wife's um, been doing new, how would you say, new app store screenshots. So redoing the main static image. We've got to do videos at some point. But um, yeah, and then the, the actual presentation of the images, making them much more how would you say they repeat some of the content that would be on the page so like showing benefits for each screenshot just more text basically in the screenshots still showing the product and what it's doing but sort of providing a lot of how would you say additional information on each screenshot yeah and we came up with a a nice little design system in figma so it's easy for us to sort of you know get the same design across the different apps and stuff each one has their own color scheme and stuff and things like that but but the overall layout and everything is controlled by like a master component and then we can you know choose our colors and all this type of thing so it's good oh that's cool yes that's one thing actually that's the one thing i didn't figure out yet for scraping the app listings for translate ci is the text on the screenshot images i will yeah right but yeah 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 can you yeah can you even do that though or you mean the like the alt text or no, the um, I mean, you can use like an OCR type thing to grab oh, yeah, text okay. off the screenshots. And I didn't really figure out how I would do that and present it to the end user or whatever. But, you know. Yeah, yeah I think that's maybe going further than you need to. It'd be a cool feature, though. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, but I think it'd be super hard because you'd be, need to sort of provide it in a way. How you mean to give it like to a professional translator so they could take a look and provide yeah. you translations for everything, right? Yeah, that would be nice. You could always, I mean, with Translate, yeah, you can always like, you know, there's like a paste your translation here box. You can put those couple of things okay. into, but it'd be nice if you could grab it automatically. Yeah, definitely. I think that having the ability to sort of add some additional translations that you want done at the same time, I think that's, yeah, yeah. that would be enough. But maybe worth putting like a point there saying, hey, remember to add the wording from your screenshots if you have any. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So just telling them, hey, you'll, you will need this. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so they don't sort of get through it and then have to go back and, and do it again. Yeah, that's like the one thing I'm super proud of with this is like, because I remember we talked about like that form to like hook up like a Git project is kind of intimidating. Like this, yeah. there's two fields. It's awesome. It's what's your app URL slug and what languages do you want it in? And that's it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, keep it simple, right? Yeah. But you want, yeah, I don't know. It's cooler. Yeah, if you want to um, use... Anything for a test of your scraper, then feel free to, to use mine. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm pretty, that's pretty like, happy with how the designs came out, though. I think they look really cool. And they, they yeah, I saw the hero image and, on, the, on the one. It was really yeah. cool. It's a new hero image, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all the others have sort of a similar a warm light style. Nice. I think, yeah, they've turned out pretty well. And I think it, part of it is that we're getting better at using Figma as well, right? 
but yeah, it's fun to design stuff when you can actually get or get close to what you actually want to accomplish, right? Yeah, that was always my issue. I never could do that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm always there, you know? That's funny. And we've had somebody hoping with doing like small illustrations or how would you say, empty state and welcome, sort of these little round circle images you see in Shopify around the place when uh, if there's no orders yet, there's a certain image and stuff. Yeah, and we've had somebody helping us do some of those and then we just sort of tweak them and put them up. So just yesterday, I, I launched some uh, new welcome images in Order Printer Pro, which I think turned out pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good fun. When these are things that I've been wanting to do for a long time, right? But just like, oh, sitting down and designing all these things and, and all that type. It just feels nice to finally get it done. Yeah, it's the nice thing about having a team finally. It's like all those little stuff that just really wasn't important enough for you to, like those nice to have things that really would help. But like, you know, you've only got so many hours in the day, you can't be prioritizing little stuff that's kind of okay as it is. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. And that's why I'm sort of looking, okay, hey, we should get a, another developer and stuff because then I don't have to sit there doing it all. And yeah. I think that's maybe why I'm spending more and more time in like Figma and Basecamp and stuff is because obviously I'm starting to delegate a lot more to other people. That's awesome. Yeah, it feels good. So it's nice. Mm-hmm. You see lots of progress. And I think, yeah. so the last year I hadn't sort of made as much progress as I would have wanted to. You know, obviously we're sort of in the weeds with this whole app kit thing. And I don't know, it just... It's nice to sort of start seeing some of that come to fruition that we've spent a long time sort of forming and shaping and our new app is coming on really well. So yeah, it feels exciting. It's good. That's cool. I didn't know. Um, well, I guess we've kind of talked abstractly about a new app, but you're actually working on one now. And is it using AppKit? Completely? Yeah. Yeah. So it was sort of, awesome. how would you say the use case while you're building an AppKit, it's always a good idea to have sort of a an app that you're building at the same time to see, okay, which parts should we extract and, you know, what will it need and stuff. So yeah, we're actually quite far along with it. Nice. I don't want to sort of say what it is yet until we're, we're almost there. Sure. So without letting the, uh, without spilling the beans here, I'm curious because we talked a little earlier, like how did you come up with your idea for this new app? Yeah, so I've had sort of a list of new apps written on my uh, whiteboard for quite a while. (laughs) Just looking at different areas where I feel I would enjoy building that app, and it's a big enough app that there's a reasonable-sized market for it. I don't know, maybe I should just punch out a bunch of apps that are like small, teeny things, but I think I prefer to work on apps that I think Shopify should have built themselves. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, you know, and that's an advantage, I guess. And I I remember having this before. I don't have it anymore. I'm sure you do. Is like, you just talk to merchants constantly. And so you hear, like, that's one thing. I don't know. I see so many people just saying, like, I don't have an idea, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it sucks to like just reach out to random people. But if you get something out there, like you're going to, even if your first thing isn't doesn't appeal to everyone, you're going to meet so many shops or customers through that that you'll kind yeah. of maybe move on to the next thing. That's, that's even better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think, you know, from mine is, yeah, seeing what people are asking to integrate with my other apps as well. Like, right. hey, I'm trying to do something with this. Or, and if you keep hearing the same type of app, it sort of gets interesting. Yeah. But I think my main criteria for selecting an app to actually build is should Shopify have built this themselves? That makes or, sense. Yeah. you know, in some cases, did they build this and it's just crap, right? right. <laughs> um, yeah. And not to say like Shopify is an awesome tool, but some of the apps that they put out, they get launched and then they just sort of, they don't have resources to continue development or, you know, they have like right. a base set of features that maybe isn't enough to cover the use case fully. So yeah, those are the types of things I think are a good candidate for working on. That's cool. But like with any problem, once you actually start digging into it, you know, <laughs> it always proves yeah, it to be bigger and more complicated than you ever think, right? Right. Yeah. 
like I know we talked about this before. So of course my first thought for a Shopify app was like a translation app. And I know you said you looked at it before. I'm like, eh, no, like I still, I spent yeah. a couple hours sort of researching it. It's what a nightmare. I mean, I'm so impressed. Like, and that's the other thing, like the couple of apps that have been there for a long time, translation wise are like really good. Yeah. Like it would legitimately be hard to compete with them. And, uh, yeah. And I think and it's like an impossible problem. It is. Uh, it's hard to solve really elegantly. And the fact that you're going to involve generally a third party as well, right? Like a translator, yeah. which makes it slightly harder. It's not the person sitting in the app that's maybe doing the translations and so forth. So you need to either have sure. like an exporting tool or some way for them to invite this person in. And it becomes uh, yeah, complicated. Do you, you need to provide maybe automatic translations? Uh, same, similar problems to what yeah. maybe you're, <laughs> you're working on, right? But, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah it, I think also the reason that you do see some really good Polaris-based apps and things that feel, hey, they've done that, they've sold it well, is that the translation API came out, I wouldn't want to say recently, but like within the last couple of years, right? Right. So it was a more recent feature that they released where anyone building on that already had all the tools available and are probably going to be looking at things like Polaris and so forth. So I think with the timing of that API being released means that they, you're going to see sort of newer apps in that space. Right. Yeah, that's probably it. I hadn't thought of that. But, uh, yeah. And you see some of the older guys you know, I've been a huge fan of Langify, right? So Langify has okay. been around forever. They've sort of been the standard uh, translation app for Shopify for years. And then when the, the API came out, they did a new version using the actual translation API and everything else. So you see it adopted even by the older players and stuff. So yeah. I guess that's kind of what I meant talking about sort of the competition earlier is like, I think that's interesting. So because Shopify moves so fast, I think every sort of major update they make that affects apps, you see a number of those apps drop off and just decide not to update for whatever reason. And I think that's where someone new coming into the Shopify ecosystem can do good. Is That's my theory. I haven't done it. I'm going to try. Yeah. But, I mean, it seems like there's ends up being kind of a big opportunity when the sort of big player in the space has not kept up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe that's sometimes like, you know, you've got a legacy code base, which you just can't bend to fit within you. Oh, totally get it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So I think when you're coming in as a new player, or you can basically look at what tools you have today, and not what was available. And, you know, two years, three years ago. So I definitely think that's an advantage as a new, new apps. So it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still giving up on translations. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, me too. But <laughs> it's yeah. funny, but I shouldn't be. But yeah, I think that, you know, as developers doing sort of MVPs and then you see a lot of smaller developers in Shopify, like, yeah, it's hard. A lot of times uh, keeping up with the times would involve a rewrite from yeah. scratch, I'm sure, for a lot of these guys. And they just don't want to do it. Totally. Makes yeah, sense. exactly. Especially if yeah. they're doing okay, you know. Well, that's it. Like, if you're still growing and people still use your product and they still think it's okay, then, you know, it's this whole shiny object syndrome as well, right? Like, as a developer, you want to maybe have it running on the latest stuff and, and everything else. But doing those big rewrites, you got to be careful as well not to sort of alienate all your existing users. Yeah. Uh, which I sure. think is the hard part, right? Is making sure that they can still do what they used to be able to do and not have to redo everything as well. Yeah. So, it'd be yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's tough for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I'm thinking about as well now that I'm going to start designing one of my existing apps in Polaris style and our app kit and everything else is like, how do I rebuild it without, you know, forcing everybody to learn a new app? So it should be fun. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I remember, and I'm, you know, you've been there for a while, but I remember getting to a point where it was like every small change to something existing would prompt a couple of emails, you know, at a minimum. And yeah, it's, it's tough, you know, especially if they're an active user of your app, you don't want to them off. Exactly. Yeah. So I think my key thing is to keep the main ways that it works 
similar or the same, but just it looks slightly different. But the overall sort of layout and the way that you navigate and not navigation as such, like jumping to settings and things like that, but the way that the main work process works should stay the same. Yeah, I guess that's the trick too, because you don't want to alienate your older users for sure. And I hate when I have a piece of software that I'm used to and a button moves and I can't find it or whatever. But like at the same time, you have to balance like, is it going to improve your conversion rates or whatever from new people? Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but exactly. I also I think... don't like the ones, sometimes you see like websites and things, they've got 75 different versions running in production because they don't want to alienate everyone and, or force anyone to update anything ever. And yeah. that's, you know, you can't do that as a developer. No, exactly. I think you got to accept that there's, you know, not everyone's going to love what you do, right? Right. Yeah, that's just the way it is. But yeah, I'm looking forward to sort of, you know, finally revealing it to the world because it feels like we've been building this app uh, for a really long time now because we were building AppKit, you know, at the same time, right? right? So now that we're fully focusing just on that app, it feels like it's going pretty quick, so which is cool. Nice. I can't wait to see what yeah. it is. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got anything else you wanted to chat about? No, I'm ready to go launch uh, Shopify app list scraping to everyone. Yeah, Let's nice. See what happens. Yeah, I look forward <laughs> to having a look. Ping me the link once it's up. So Yeah, we'll do yeah. it. Nice, man. All right, we'll talk again soon. All right, see you later. All right, yeah, cheers.